This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Honestly, no word of a lie. <laughs> <laughs> One week after we agreed to draw a line under all of Celtic's failings, here we are one week on discussing Celtic's failings yet again. Welcome to this week's episode of 20 Minute Tims. Well, Stephen, Melly, we tried our best, didn't we? We, we sort of, uh, <laughs> we sat down last week, we thought we're sick of the moaning, we're sick of talking about the transfer window, we're sick of talking about the players' failings, we're sick of talking about the managers' failings. Um, Brendan had said in the press that, you know, things aren't as bad as you think. We've only lost one in eight, one in nine, whatever the whatever the stat he whipped out was. It's all drama when one side of Glasgow's doing bad, the other side has to be doing good and vice versa. And so far, the narrative is we're doing bad. So we took that in face value. We said, let's draw a line under it. We, 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 you have to run with what you've brung. And <laughs> yeah. uh, to put it politely, I know, yeah. Stephen, you've got a dirtier phrase that you like to use. <laughs> um <laughs> But here we are one week later and yeah. Celtic going fluff their lines, Melly. Yeah, it was poor again and this is why we talk about this. Uh, you can just on the face of it look at it and say Celtic have won this amount of games in this amount of time but when you look at it the performances have been terrible and we're always banging on about it here. It's the performances that will see you through in the end of the season because it catches up with you and it's catching up with Celtic and a bi-weekly basis now mm. I love coming in here it's a rare laugh <laughs> <laughs> it's great coming in here what a season it's been I, I, you're right we did we tried our very very best last week to take a, a new approach to have a a rethink of what we'd believed this season maybe come up with a, a different angle to look at this team but then they go out and just fail again it's spectacularly at home I know it's only a draw and that in isolation wouldn't be the end of the world, but there's just been so many of them this season. Mm-hmm. Just so, not, not even so many draws, but so many just disappointments. And it's happened so many times this season where we've had false dawns. So we've had things that we thought were going to kick us on, beating Rangers twice among those, and it yeah. still never happened. Even the, as small as it seems now, it seems quite quaint to look back on it, but we thought finally getting that win in the Champions League was going to do it beating Feyenoord at home as much as it was a dead rubber we thought that was going to kick the team on and then he went out and lost at home to Hearts the very next game so I'm afraid that it, it seems on the surface of things I'm sure we'll get into it today that's what we're here yeah, for why not gladly um, but it seems like this team is going kind of nowhere it seems like it's got absolutely nothing about it now and we can talk about the reasons why we think that is But it felt like a watershed didn't it that Kelly game the second half performance was 
nothing new. It was nothing. Mm. It wasn't a surprise. And we're talking about that phrase as it's been used since again the Hearts game when we lost to Hearts at home. Brendan Rodgers came out and said that he wasn't surprised by how bad the performance was. And here we are again, several weeks, a couple of months on from that, and we're now saying we're not all that surprised. But the second half performance in that game was alarming to say the least. But was anyone really surprised? I think that I've seen it. The point made that. And it's not even so much about the managers. I'm trying not to fall into that trap of of making the dead easy comparison between you know this team and Angie's team last season or the season before. But I think you can I think you can criticise very easily this Celtic team without now having to talk about any other Celtic managers yeah, team before it. I think so. I think that I think that's absolutely accurate. But how it, how it relates to my my point making comparisons with other team is that in that stadium, let's see if. Under Ange, or even under Neil Lennon, even or under Brendan Rodgers previously, see if Celtic had conceded a ninety odd whatever it was minute equaliser, so mm. a very late equaliser, there would have still have been a huge amount of belief that we could have got the job done. Yeah. We we still had time; with five or six minutes left in injury time, we can still do this. There would have been a huge roar. Celtic would go back to take take centre, and you would be straight on the front foot and attacking. We can still get a goal. In fact, we can probably still win this game 3-1 if we yeah. go about our business here. But against Kilmarnock, there was nothing. Absolutely nothing. The place was dead. See, as soon as that ball hit the back of the net, it was silence. Mm. All you could hear was the seats flying up and everybody was just, well, here we go again. And yeah. everybody just left, basically. There was no belief in that team. Either way, there's no belief yes. on the pitch and there's no belief from the stands. There's been a, a lot made recently about, you know, get behind the team. And we've all bought into that. We've all been... Played our best last yeah, week. We, we've said that, we've said that literally on basically every podcast we've said, both public and Patreon, we've said, right, it's time to get behind the team. But the reality is very different when you're in the you stadium. You something to get behind. You're, yeah. you're given nothing to believe in and that was the, the case again. Look, the, the irony of this situation, Melly, is that it's not Rangers doing this to Celtic. And there's lots no. of Rangers fans in the comments, the oh, YouTube yeah. <laughs> comments, lots of Rangers fans on our Twitters. And listen, Rangers fans, if you would like to join literally tens of other Rangers fans, patreon.com <laughs> slash 20 Minute Tims, where I see a few of you have signed up, some interesting uh, email addresses have signed yeah. up to the Patreon. <laughs> patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims, where you can get even more Tim tears for your pound if you want to, if you want to join there. And Celtic fans, if you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. Um, Diary is it's not Rangers that has that has done this to Celtic. It's entirely Celtic's own doing. And if you look at that Kilmarnock game, that was a watershed moment for me insofar as there's just some stuff we just can't do anymore. And I think a lot of blame gets thrown about. So first and foremost, I want to just make it clear that I think the players are, are trying. I think the players that are going to get criticised by me anyway today, they are trying their hardest. They are trying their heart out. They are putting everything out there as best they can for Celtic. In their head, at least they think that's what they're doing. But there are some players who, if Brendan wants to have any chance of winning this league, he can't play anymore. And people don't want to hear it. But Liam Scales puts this team under immense amounts of pressure. Yes, he might be good at the last-ditch defensive. He might be good at that. He might have had a couple of excellent games back in November time, It's particularly in the Champions League. But now... Today, with 12 games left to go, Liam Scales terrifies the life out of me because he causes chaos with his passing. The guy, some of the passing on display from Liam Scales in the commandment game was junior level stuff. And I don't I don't say that as a throwaway comment. He's he's got 18 yard passes to to play us out of a press. He's got an 18-yard pass ahead of him against Ralston, turns inside and plays it behind 
his centre-half partner. There seemed to be, from Liam Scales' point of view, numerous passes going in behind. Players going in behind Stephen Welsh. It's just... And what that does is it just invites the Kilmarnock press and that just causes problem after problem. This, I not just Liam Scales, but I think this defence with Burnaby in particular, Scales, Welsh, and unfortunately, Tony Ralston, they are killing this Celtic team. They are absolutely killing everything we try and do. Everything we try and do starts at the back. We try and play through the thirds. We try and get the, the ball up quickly. And they, they can't, they simply can't do it. So, We've got the curious case of Mike Navarotsky. Four and a half million pounds. I don't believe for a minute that that guy is worse than any of those two centre-halves. So Brendan has seen something in training that has decided that he's no for me. I, I, I don't know. This Liam Scales stuff is starting to look like Johnny Hayes 2.0 for me. When everyone else can see that he's not quite good enough, I, he tries his heart out, so does every Celtic player. I, well... Um, nearly every Celtic player has to be said because <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a few immediately came to mind when I made that caveat but I think Liam Scales and Stephen Welsh but the reason I'm not that worried about Stephen Welsh is because he will eventually be phased out when Carter Vickers comes back the Scales thing's killing us man it's absolutely killing us and we need a better solution in there if we've got any chance at all yeah like I think he's looking like F.A. Ambo making F.A. Ambos look like a genuine Ballon d'Or contender <laughs> I think he's terrible and I said it months ago in the last Kilmarnock defeat I want to see the end of it now because his performance was abysmal he sort of not won me over but after the Rangers game I thought do you know what he performed well there but I can't keep watching him doing the same things over and over and the manager can't keep watching it either as well because mm. it's it's terrible and it is putting Celtic under pressure even his passing's terrible but there was two occasions where he, he strides forward into the, with the ball into space and then passed to a Kilmarnock player mm. the guy is nowhere near good enough for Celtic he never has been I don't care if he's Irish if he gives his all it's no good enough we've seen it all before with these guys he's terrible he's putting Celtic under immense pressure like you say there is no reason for him to have 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds on a football there's mm. no reason for it the manager's not asking him to do that and there's no reason for him you can say he's not good enough and all that but the manager has to carry the can for if he passes the ball into midfield it goes out but if you're going to play the easy option remember Anne shouting at Stephen Welsh in his first season Brendan's got to do that because Liam Scales will just continue to play the simple ball so he doesn't look like the fall guy anymore. He's looking like that anyway. I think the part of the problem is that there's a lot of criticism, Stephen, about manager instructions and they've, I've got that on the agenda to talk to, uh, talk about rather, but I think that the Liam Scales thing, if Brendan does see a player in Liam Scales and it's evident that Burnaby isn't a player and I'm sure Brendan Rodgers will have the answer to all these questions. There's a rationale behind it. I don't think for one minute I'm sitting here and me, as just simply a world-class podcaster, <laughs> uh, yeah. are seeing things that the Celtic manager's not seeing. So these are kind of things, these are more things I need explained to me. And if we get the opportunity to speak to Brendan Rodgers again, I definitely will ask him. But for me, if you love Liam Scales so much, but we all know Burnaby doesn't have it, then to me the solution is, when you're struggling and Greg Taylor has to come off, you move Liam Scales to left-back, and you play someone else at centre back because Burnaby is another problem. And and but st sticking on scales for a minute because I don't want to get veered too far away. The stuff that Melly was talking about and the the bad passing, this isn't scattergun. These are things that when you're in the stadium or you're watching on TV, you specifically see Liam Scales do. There was another point in the game where Liam Scales strides up into the the sort of second third. They get something the verge of the second third. He doesn't have amazing passing options in front of him, but people are on. And he plays a no-look pass behind him 
back into our half behind Stephen Welsh, who then is immediately under pressure because see, that's one of the pressing triggers for Kelly as soon as we played the ball back and the ball ends up back at the goalkeeper. And you think to yourself, this is lunacy. Yeah, this is yeah. madness proceeding with this guy. Well, there, there was a moment, it's done the rounds on Twitter or X, um, mm. it's done the rounds where there's a 45 second clip of Celtic having full possession of for 45 seconds inside their own defensive third and they cannot get out of it at all. So the ball ends up in the right back position, they're closed down, it ends up going across to the centre halves, they get closed down again, they're getting further and further away, playing balls behind each other. So it it is causing panic and I know that this will come across as very, very harsh on a guy who has performed admirably this season, but it's not it's not about him being a total donkey on the ball and like scoring OGs every week or anything. It, it's about the problems it causes Celtic going forward. Yep. Now, everybody, well, not everybody, but a main complaint about this season has been that the Celtic don't move the ball quickly enough. So what does that actually mean? You can't say they don't move the ball quick enough, but it's not about the centre-halves. They're, they're fine. They're, they're just there exactly. to defend. Centre-halves haven't been just there to defend since about 2003 or something mm-hmm. like that. It's, they're very much part of the attack these days. And Celtic can't get the ball forward quickly enough because they've got those two at least and you know more broadly four guys who can move the ball forward out of the defensive third. Joe Hart's no much better. So once it becomes apparent that they can't get it out of there, Joe Hart just boots it out of of play. That's what happens, and it happens several times against Kilmarnock. So we seem to be doing just the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And that's when you get yourself into a real rut and you can't see yourself getting out of it because you just see the same things over and over and over again. And we say the same things over and over again when we sit down to to talk about these games. It just it just keeps coming out. We're funny with it though. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's exactly that's what you're here for. (laughs) Rangers fans, <laughs> mostly Rangers fans this week. Moving up my left back, uh, maybe it's something we've not tried, and at this point, uh, no, I just may mean as well. I just mean at the point where you're hooking Greg Taylor because yeah. Greg Taylor was taken off. I firmly believe Greg Taylor was just taken off because he was probably didn't have enough fitness to play the full ninety, yeah. having, having been back. You bring on Bernabe, and with that change, you kind of know what you're going to get. You know Bernabe's going to cost you. You know he's going to cost you. Oh, more or less, he comes yeah. on, and you think he's going to cost us in some serious way. And I just think to myself. There needs to be a better solution. Tomoki's played centre half. He can pass the ball. Now these are all yeah. things that Brendan Rodgers obviously knows, and he's not doing them for a reason. But me as a fan, I'm just thinking this is madness. I'm watching the guy on the ball, and he's causing absolute chaos. There's 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 clips flying about, and in all those clips, one thing to me is apparent: there are there are exits available, there are players available, there are people looking for the ball. There's an instance where Ralston moves inside. And he's available for the ball. The distance between Scales and Ralston is the same between the distance of Scales and Welsh, but Scales opts to pass behind Welsh instead of playing forward to Ralston. Play forward to Ralston, you're out the press and off you go. It's and I'm I'm like tearing my head out watching it. And I think the manager must be doing the same thing. So it's like a flow chart. So the the question then becomes why is Navarotsky not playing? Yeah. He's not, he's not trusted. I don't know what it is. Brendan, Four and a half million pounds. The only thing Brendan Rodgers has ever really said about him, apart from being you know, fairly complimentary about him when he came back into the team before bombing him out entirely again was that he didn't really he and Lagerbielka were lumped together as guys who hadn't really displayed the personality required of a, of a Celtic player but oh, did collapse in the Aberdeen game yeah yeah so there was the aye, the Muovsky thing after looking quite good at the start of that mm. game he was playing some nice passes he actually he's a guy who does look to break the lines and get the ball out quickly but if he can't defend then I, I don't really know what we do with it but this this stuff with the defence I think it's I think it's affecting the wingers as well. And we'll come to them because mm-hmm. I don't think they, they're not going to escape either oh. because the wingers is a shambles. But 
a common complaint about the wingers is that they're not taking players on. They're not moving the ball quickly enough. They're not they're not making the defenders commit themselves. They're not really doing anything. But it's, it's an awful lot easier to take players on when the team and the ball is moving at speed in the first mm. place. When you've moved, when you've pulled players out of position. But what we are doing is we are faffing about with it so long at the back that the opposition are they're they're in the they're in their shape the entire time. They they, yeah. they can just Everyone's move around. Yeah. So they can they can press us at will and then just fall back into whatever formation it is, three, five, two, three, mm. four, two, one, whatever they've they've set up. They can just move around the pitch in that shape because we've just pl- passed it about the back. So then we think, right, we get it to the wingers, take somebody on. How how are we going to take anyone on there? They've just put their ba- their flat back five across the pitch. Yeah. And we can't do anything with it. Again, I'm not I'm not excusing the wingers because I think they've been dismal this season and continue to do so, even though we keep <laughs> we must have used about nine of them so far and we've added another one who can't do anything with I, it either. I think I think I think Nicholas Gooden ought to be ashamed of himself. Oh, the, the display <laughs> yeah. he's put in his company, a big club. Um it's obviously the movie wanted with big money, uh, for a big fee, mid season, um in a position that he plays, he's nobody played out of position. We have taken him from playing every week in Rapid. Coming to Celtic, and the guy has not sought to make any sort of impression at Celtic Park whatsoever. And you think to yourself, is it just attitude? Is this guy just, is this the reason you failed at all those other clubs you went to? Do you get the big moving down tools? Do you feel a lot more comfortable at the smaller club where there's no expectation on you? Is that the issue where we've got this guy? And is it the same thing with Mike Navrotsky? I mean, we're keen sometimes to let Brendan off the hook with some of these transfers because I don't think, you know, even though he says he signs for everyone, I don't think he literally signs for every transfer. But I think he's got greater and lesser degrees of involvement in all the transfers. And there's no way that Brendan Rodgers wasn't fully across every facet of a four and a half million pound centre half coming in. And I really doubt he wasn't across when he was screaming and jumping up and down and putting so much focus in the transfer window. And he told us directly that he turned down players and there was players that he turned down, players he didn't want to sign just for the sake of it. In January, four and a half million quid for Nicholas Kuhn. Those two are big chunks of transfer for Celtic. Brendan's hit for them as far as I'm concerned. And he, he's no paid enough attention because they've both came in. They both seem to lack attitude. They're both not contributing. And Nicholas Kuhn is... Honestly, one of the most pathetic sights I've ever seen in a Celtic jersey so far because he's came in and he's he's been weak as water. Yeah, and it puts you I back... To, I try to remain polite. Yeah. <laughs> it puts you back in mind of what Ange said. Look, the the difference in quality at the top level isn't that big, but what is the difference is personality and mm. character. And you look at this Celtic team and there's very little of it. There's McGregor, Greg Taylor, Joe Hart, and then the rest of them. But the rest of them are causing the... Like McGregor, Joe Hart, Taylor to crumble as well. It's, it's they terrible. Can't do it all, that's why. No, and the, the Nicholas Kuhn, we at Celtic expect a certain standard when you come in. You were expected to be entertained and all that, but I don't expect to sit there and watch a guy jog and watch people run by him. It's unacceptable. And for all the the players are going to get it tonight, and look, we'll come on to the manager as well, but number of times this season I have come on this podcast and I'll disagree I don't think a lot of the players are trying the hardest because if they were Nicholas Kuhn chases back to tackle that guy and then doesn't watch him run and be the free man at the back in post. my defence I did correct myself I says in their head they think they're trying their hardest yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any player out there going like ah, I can't be arsed with this but I think Nicholas Kuhn is like okay so this is I'm doing what it takes to be a Celtic player no 
Well, it's top level sport, isn't it? Not even close. If you've subconsciously switched off even two or three percent, it's going to make a big difference on a pitch if you've just been somebody's just tearing away from you. It's that it doesn't have to be quite literally that. uh, I I really can't really yeah. bother. I'm kind of kind of tired today, lads. I can't really be bothered with it. It really is just a a, a mental acuity thing, an, an attitude thing, and you you could be right to an extent. All the players that Celtic get to one degree or another have been passed up by bigger, yeah, more or richer clubs. The yeah, food chain. that's that's just it. Yeah, we're not at the top of the ladder. And we're not at the bottom of it either. Celtic are somewhere in the middle, kind of feeding off maybe stuff that comes down the way, and sometimes mm. it comes up the way. But to an extent. We all the players we get have probably been passed up by the likes of, you know, certainly the top end of England, but all the way down to the like Bournemouth, Norwich, Leeds, and all that. They've probably taken a look at those players and passed up on mm-hmm. them. But in Kuhn's case in particular, he has literally been at massive European clubs and they've decided not to bother with him. Is it probably that he doesn't quite have the talent level to be at those clubs? That's no shame, but it could be that, <laughs> and this is not. I'm trying not to be hysterical here, but this has happened to Celtic before. We've yeah, taken, we've signed players who have shown up very quickly. Marion Shved is one. Marion Shved was a, That's a guy. That's reminded me yeah, of at the weekend. So he is a guy who had been at previously fairly major clubs. He'd been at Sevilla, a couple of a couple of others maybe, and he turned up. And all of the headlines about him were that his his attitude was stinking. And I thought, why have Celtic somehow managed to overlook that? Are we? We've been, again, Captain Saver did here. Do we think we're going to be different this time? We're going to take that guy and turn him into a player when his international manager was calling it yeah. and questioning his attitude and all that. And then, sure enough, the guy get nowhere near it at Celtic. I don't, I don't want to lump Kuhn in with that just now, but we, we spent a month expecting someone to come in and hit the ground running and at least try and make an impact. And he's looked absolutely terrible what so far. What likes of Cal McGregor be thinking, Millie? He's, he's, he's in, sitting in the changing room and he's the one in... in mid-season saying we need the, the talent we need the quality coming in and then Kuhn arrives these players like Callum McGregor right because there's no doubt about it Callum McGregor's an excellent footballer and he has spent his career playing with excellent footballers at international level playing against so he knows a play, he knows a good player when he's playing against one he will take one look at Nicholas Kuhn and go what the f- what have we landed here? The same as the other 14 players that we signed this year <laughs> that we don't play yeah. Callum McGregor will be looking at these guys going what? Oh, really? This this guy's came to save our season in January. Yeah, and we've look we've seen it before in our Celtic lifetimes in the lifetime of this podcast that mm. Celtic have a good team, chip away at it, and then we're left with things, and then this is what we get. This is where we are now playing guys like Liam Scales who weren't even considered last year. And we've got what four or five good players, and then the rest, honestly, you could just sell them all and try again. But, but these wingers are causing a major issue. Steven says we've got Palmer, who got hooked at half time yeah. for the most Palmer type of. You, do you know what I thought when I f- went within about five minutes? I saw Palmer miscontrolled the ball twice. I think and five. Hey, one went right under his foot. I, I thought right. I, he's not at it today. Yeah. I just thought he's going to have a, he's going to have a Palmer today. We've got <laughs> we've got Kuhn, who's like a less effective Palmer. We've got my Ada, who's up there like a Tasmanian devil, running about mad, but not really getting involved and not really creating an Yang much lot. the same. We've got Yang much the same. We've got Abada, who's presently not playing. He might be the the best right winger at the club. Who knows? We're never going to see him. So we've got James Ford. I mean, this is not hyperbole, but Mikey Johnson would contribute more than any of those guys that came, that any of those wingers that played at the weekend. The The problem came from Kamarnock's goal was Yang trying to cut inside one too many times, take too many touches, get the ball taken off him, switch to the other side and Kuhn doesn't even bother. And then it's... So, sorry to interrupt you, but do you know what's so ironic about that? 
See, when Brendan last spoke about Yang, he said he's a good player, I'm positive about him, he maybe just needs to learn when to release the ball and when not to release the ball. And then the very next game, mm. his inability to release the ball when he should release the ball costs us. But this is where Celtic are right now. Mm. We were going into the last 10 minutes of that game with Kuhn, Yang and O up front. That's abysmal, abysmal. When Steve instead, look, nobody expected us to score. There was no big cheer. You look onto the pitch and you're going, well, that's why. They've got less than five goals between them already yeah. this season. We're mm. in February. Uh, Yang, I'm never going to, I don't think I'll ever get round it. I just never thought I'd see how he's going to be a Celtic player. Kuhn, it's abysmal, but it's the same problems Celtic have had all season. Down both flanks, we are chronic with Greg Taylor's not playing. We're so poor at left-back, yet all season we've been screaming for a new left-back. So we've got Burnaby and Yang down one side. You're going to attack that. And then down the other side, you've got Ralston and Kuhn. The ball went from one side to the other, to one side, back over, and they score at the back post. It's all the full-backs and wingers that that ball went. It just missed out yeah. the midfield right across <laughs> twice, and they've got a goal. And even towards that time, like it was getting 80 minutes and everybody could sense it. They're going to score. Mm. It doesn't matter. They missed a chance right before it at the back post where Burnaby again didn't have a clue where he was and Danny Armstrong skewed it wide. But it was always going to come. And to, for Burnaby as well, to have the cheek to Aye. moan about a push. Like, oh, come on, man. I had, uh, I've got no faith in any of these players that Melly spoke about. None, none of the wingers. And I think, I don't know how many. We, we like to play this game like, I but they've got the bigger wages. Like how many players and, and would get into into Kilmarnock side from Celtic's team honestly uh, you, you wouldn't be a, a surprise to see half of these players we've spoken about in Kilmarnock shirts because the <laughs> Kilmarnock are, are, are a terrible head to head against Kilmarnock I know the Kilmarnock equivalents are better <laughs> they're, 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 they're better than us Stephen it, every it, time we do one of these right, and every time we're particularly harsh on certain individual players particularly ones who have had a kind of cult of personality built up around mm -hmm. them a, a bit of the he never lets us down stuff and we've seen that over the years every time we do that we get a lot of comments saying we're, we're very harsh and all that and there's a player in there and it's often the same players that we've been talking about for over a year now mm. but I'm sorry I, if that's the case now if everyone's watching these games and watching these performances and watching these results and still saying we're being too harsh on this player and that player and give them time Standards are on their ass. Yeah. Genuinely, yeah. the standards are through the floor. Team scale starts every yeah, That yeah, tells you all you need. We are, yeah, we are right. celebrating and we're rewarding rank mediocrity because we quite like these people. Mm. And look at the position we're in now. It's not over. The, the league is not over, but it is slipping away at an alarming rate. And all that talk about how, ah, well, when you think about it, it was only really five points. Maybe it was seven points or one point with a game in hand. Doesn't matter now because we're two points behind. There's no goal difference anymore. And that, that's the thing. And I think Celtic fans are starting to wake up to it. Like we've, we've been conditioned into thinking that going into crucial games for a, a league title, and there's only one team in the country that can win a treble, going into crucial games to stop Rangers winning a treble, because that's kind of where we're at at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Liam Scales and Stephen Welsh and Ralston and Burnaby and Owen Yang, these players playing for Celtic when we need to win games. There's been the, the drop in standards is unbelievable. I had a look back today at the Celtic team that get put out the cup by Ronnie Dyla, right? Yeah. Um, by Rangers. Ronnie Dyla Celtic team that get put out of the cup by Rangers. They would run right over the top of that Celtic oh, yeah, team that yeah, finished aye. that game. No questions asked. Aye. Boyata, Armstrong, KT, Griffiths, Commons, Brown. Roberts involved Roberts, in that as well, yeah. Calmack on the bench. They would even Beaton. 
but they would, they would absolutely batter the yeah. Celtic team that finished that game against Kilmarnock. So that's how far this, this Celtic team have fallen. And honestly, I know there's like interim reports or something supposed to be announced for Celtic coming out in the next couple of days or whenever they're supposed to be. I don't really keep track of the financials, but honestly, there's rumours going about the Celtic are going to announce £90 million <laughs> oh, profits. Oh boy. On your own head, be it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly. Just don't, just don't announce you it. Better, you better run at the shop and just spend it all in petrol or diesel <laughs> or sweets or something because if that comes out that Celtic have got £90 million sitting in the bank, but we are struggling to win a title because Brendan Rodgers is having to play Liam Scales and Stephen Welsh in crucial games. The Sharks. What is the bare minimum legally that they can do to announce that? Can they announce it at like one o'clock in the morning and then delete the tweet? I mean, immediately just do that. No, they'll never. Aye. They'll never tweet it. I don't know. Honestly, just spend <laughs> it on something. Um, and and whilst we're at it, no more new contracts. Oh because no, that, God that, no! Aye. That Nicholas couldn't five, five and, and a half. half. <laughs> if that guy was alone, you wouldn't buy him. I know. If no. he was alone, you'd be like, no, we need to give him away. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I've got another thing on the agenda here. Greg Taylor, I think the game collapsed when Greg Taylor went off. Yeah. Uh, I think Greg Taylor is um, is one of the senior players in the squad now. I think there's no no getting away for that. I mean, you're talking about players that have got the quality and there was talk of a team meeting, a dressing room meeting amongst the players and all that to try and work things out. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you're talking about players, the senior members of the squad, who are we looking at? Melly Taylor, Hart, Calmack, and then Yeah, Carter Vickers, potentially. Maybe even O'Reilly now, Joe given Hart, his personality. Yeah. yeah. 
but this is the problem we've had these before, haven't we? We've had it after the Hearts game. Mm. We've had all these things. But do you think? How do you think about the, the team meeting? Do you think that's like? Is it new? Is that the? Is I saw someone in the Discord earlier called the death nail of a of a team. Is it? Is that a bit panic mm. stationsy when they're they're having meetings? Because it seems like. Cal McGregor was speaking after the game. <clears throat> so was Joe Hart and Greg Taylor. So the sort of guys we spoke about there. And they're all talking about, look, we're working on this in training, but then it seems to go okay. Then something doesn't work in on the park and we need to figure out what it is. We need to get to the bottom of it. Cal McGregor saying, I'm not going to leave any stone unturned figuring out what the problem here is because what we're, the manager's very clear. And even Brendan, we're going to get to the manager. Even Brendan's comments after the game, everything is super clear. He's, yeah. we're not doing this we're not doing this we're not doing this I'm asking them to do X, Y and Z and they're not doing it and it seems the players have taken it upon their own hands a little bit to try and figure out if, what's, what's happening here or as I like to call it who's the culprit? Yeah. Who's is it? <laughs> look, I'm, I'm all for it I think the, the players can look at managers all the time and go it's the manager this the manager that but it's kind of just like Roy Keane says what about your own personal standards? Is yeah. it, are you looking yourself in the mirror after every game and going do you know what? That was me. I'm not seeing Celtic players go off the pitch on 60 minutes absolutely dying. Like I've given my everything. I'm just back from injury. I think Greg Taylor, maybe, but he couldn't do it any longer than that. But as soon as he went off, and too many times this season, in fact, every time Celtic have a bad result, the substitutions have made things worse for Celtic. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it should be. And I'm not. We used to laugh last season at how good our substitutions were. We used to call it unfair on our teams. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. We used to make three subs at a time and go, "This is unfair." But th- that's how that's how we can't we can never rest on this and say, oh, we're miles ahead of this mm-hmm. one." Because you're not. You're maybe three players leaving like we had in the summer can completely change your squad. And see on Greg Taylor, love the guy. I think he's been good for Celtic. But this is how, again, low we are. We have needed another left-back for seasons now. Whether Greg Taylor has been good, as soon as we get to Europe, he's shown up that he's got deficiencies that he can't iron out. He's a very good player for Celtic, but now we're pining our hopes on Greg Taylor staying fit, Cameron Carter-Vickers being there. What we were looking at at the start of the season was we need... Need was mm. the word. No, there was no ambiguity about it. We need a left back in. We need a goalkeeper in, and we didn't do it. And now we're relying on guys who we were thinking need replaced. And th- this is where we're at. This is what happens when you're at Celtic, and it's a cyclical thing. It happens after every two or three seasons. Mm. And when you look at the managers we've had, all we get now is two, probably maximum three years out of manager. The last five managers, the high longest they've been is three years so we need something in the background to keep this train rolling we don't have that and then when a manager comes in and a wee bit of recruitment doesn't work or the manager doesn't work out this is what happens uh, senior player Stephen do you think the senior players can get us out of this mess uh, no no I don't think so and that's that's very defeatist but just judging on what I've seen this season so far I've spent a long time and now here we sit in mid-February still hoping for some sort of spark to life of this team I just don't think it's there anymore I, 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 don't, even... I don't think it's the, the the senior players I think they're all doing their job yeah. but everything around it yeah. is terrible so I think uh, you, you, you mentioned Cal McGregor need to take scales up the Liam, come up to my house. We'll, we'll play passing the ball for a couple <laughs> yeah. of evenings after the game. It's the same thing about Liam Scales. Is he's not he's not the worst player in this team. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's excessive. But he is he is the guy who gets picked every single week, and therefore is a core part of the the problem that we're experiencing. As far as kicking this team into life goes, look, look try everything. But 
I, I just don't see anything in this team. No. And you you mentioned something about a, a, the death knell of a team. Uh, it is starting to feel very much now like this team is in the death throes. It is the end of a cycle for this team. And it looks now like the players know it and the manager probably knows it as well. It, it just seems like we're just lurching into a, a bit of a collapse. Yeah, because it, every time that something goes wrong, you can see the panic. Yeah. That was summed up by Cal McGregor. Every second but, half performance. Yeah. yeah. Every time it happens, something goes wrong, or a player has to go off, or some wee player comes on that's not as good. And even then, like rotate the wingers all you want, but if one of Hatati, Carter Vickers, Taylor, McGregor, O'Reilly, or Kyogo's not playing, then this team just collapses. It's, yeah. it's so funny you're saying it's, it feels like the end of a cycle. I, I, I weirdly don't agree because I feel like watching the Celtic team, I've never seen the Celtic team before. I'm like, how did we end up with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this guy's starting, it's like... It's not that when you say the end of a cycle, it's almost like, you know, if we were still playing with, if we were still playing with all of Ange's team, yeah. I would agree with you. It feels like we're at the end of a cycle. But right now, what I feel like is we're mid cycle. We've wiped the old cycle and we forgot to get the new, <laughs> the new stuff in. Right, yeah. And we're just like, shit. What's what I mean by that is that the players we've just mentioned here, and they're all very, very good players, but they're all going soon. So see the likes of Joe Hart, Matt O'Reilly, guys like that. Kyogo, does Kyogo stay for a fourth season? Mm. Who knows? Hopefully, probably, but he might not. He might fancy something else now. That's a very long time for a player like that to be at the one club, especially in Scotland. So all of these players are kind of coming to the end of their, their Celtic careers and the list of players that are probably going to either go this summer or there's going to be a decision have to be made on them is extensive. I teased that, I teed that up a little bit last week and didn't want to get into it because foolishly I thought, right, that was a good game against St Mirren. Mm. So we'll kind of park that conversation for now and we'll v revisit that in the summer. But I think we're, we're lurching towards the, a summer of massive upheaval again. Another full rebuild two years on from the previous one. And like, even guys, the, the, there's a lot of rubbish hanging about in this, this squad and we've discussed it all to death. We've, we've mentioned all the players, but even guys who are very popular, like Greg Taylor, I really like Greg Taylor. I'm a huge Me fan too. of Greg Taylor. I think he's been brilliant for Celtic, but there is that problem where a left-back has to be signed, whether that's to complement or to compete with Greg Taylor or to completely usurp him and go straight into the first team. Not really my concern, but what what we do need is a left back. Bernabe's got to go. I'm not interested in any of this sort of weekly. Ah, oh, he's good. I told you there was a player in there. Nah, not not for I'm me. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, not for me at With all. Any player, Greg Taylor. Even guys who are popular, like Dyson, right? Again, big fan of him. Love what he's brought to Celtic. Inimitable out there. There's there's no one quite like him. But we can't have a now season long conversation about quality in the team without addressing the fact that Dyson's got very what's little his, of what's it. What's his numbers? Three, three assists and two goals? Have I got that right way about I think the other way around, I think. But, yeah, but I mean, for all the difference winger? it makes, yeah. He's, he's not, he is never going to have the required level of, you know, skill and ability on the ball that we need of, mm. of a Celtic winger. He's been brilliant. I, I, I don't want to throw the baby out of the bathwater, the, the phrase we, we love using on this so much, but he's been great. But, Decisions are going to be are going to need to be made no, they're on not, some Stephen, of these players. They signed a five year deal earlier this <laughs> yeah, season. Of course, yeah. So even like oh, it's never going to happen for him either. Oh, yeah. Iwata, is... these these centre halves we've seen. I know I get like listing players is extremely boring on podcasts, but we need to face the the reality of this. And it's we've said it all along this season as well. Talking about getting rid of players in windows is about the overall health of the squad. And we get to this point now and we're just full of absolute rubbish and it's not progressing, it's not getting any better. And this is the 
this is the reason that, that, that these are the consequences of handing out massive contracts to mediocre players. Yang, Kwon, Tilio, they're all on massive contracts. Lagerbjelka, Navrotsky, Odenholm has disappeared yep. as well. Just if, if you work at Celtic and you listen to this podcast, lock away every pen. <laughs> yeah. Take all the ink out the printers. Yeah. Do not let another contract get signed, whatever yeah. the hell you do. So to put, to put a bow on this cheery point I'm making, I think we are heading towards a bit of a, not so much collapse, I think we're we are experiencing the natural consequences of just having a team together for quite a long time and not developing on it, not improving it at any point I, and just letting it basically gradually crumble in front I, of our eyes. I think, I, think I, I, I agree and disagree with you slightly. I think what we're experiencing now is... What happens when you take your eye off the ball with recruitment? Yeah. When you think you're too smart by far, because Celtic would turn around and say, yeah, we know we're at the end of a cycle. We know we've got players leaving. That's why we went out and bought 14 of them. To which we would all reply, zero of them play and the <laughs> yeah. ones that do play are shit. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, I think when you take your eye off the ball so quickly with recruitment, but look, that was... That, well, was, that was two out of 11 signings started at the weekend. It's criminal. It's Ra- criminal. And somebody Ra- should be sacked for it. And I know no, there's a Ra- sense Rangers had three January signings start for them. And uh, um, some guy they, they signed scored. And it's 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 night and day the way that, that they seem to approach their recruitment. No, everything they do is great and everything we do is crap. But there's a sensitivity I'm hearing about Celtic about talk that, you know, the the whatever his name is, head of first team scouting and recruitment, he's talk that he might leave in the summer or talk that he should leave in the summer. That sensitivity only exists because he's a chairman's son. Yeah, yeah. If he was some Dutch fella that came from Ajax and wasn't doing a good job like the last two guys before him, there'd be no question about him being out of a job in the summer. No question. No. It, no. It, 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 the last two guys get sacked for less and the, the recruitment has been a, a sack and a fence, right? That's the players. We, we discussed the players. We discussed about the summer. I want to try and keep the sort of focus here and now. Let's talk about the manager. Brendan Rodgers calls us into the office. 20 minute Tim's how you doing not bad Brendan okay, uh, okay. very good Melly <laughs> uh, I want you all to give me one thing you'd want me to change about this team if you're so bloody clever he would say so Stephen uh, what's your thing you would say to after Brendan? everything I've just said over the last 50 right, minutes what do I want to change your, what do you think his mistake is because one thing I've noticed is there's a lot of you can't play X and then when you follow up to that person saying, yes, but the alternative is why, they go, shit. <laughs> Foiled again. You're right. Uh, and when people say stuff like, it's two side to side, this Brendan, one of my pet peeves just now, you can't defend Brendan really at the moment or the way Celtic play, but one of my pet peeves at the moment is, it's two side to side or too slow, this horseshoe stuff. I'm telling you right now, Brendan doesn't want that. That, they, that. that is not his instructions. He is out, he is after the games going, we are no passing forward. We're too side to side. We're too backwards. Uh, this he's basically saying, and he wouldn't be moaning about that if it was his instruction. He would be saying something else, but he's not. He's criticised it. So I would be saying to Brendan, you need to find a way to make it easier for your centre half so can he pass the ball. You need to do something. But every time I come up with a suggestion, I'm reminded of someone else who suggested the alternative or poses the alternative, and I think that's the problem. Brendan Rodgers came to Celtic with a system to play, said you need to get me the players to play this system. While they're doing that, he's training the players through the system, blah, 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 we're doing this, we're going to play what Ange played, but we're going to do a few wee tactical tweaks, I need you to do this, that, and the next thing. The players don't arrive. January's on the rise, and the players still don't arrive. Now we're in February. I just think the prospect of Brad Rogers entirely changing the system just can't happen anymore. 
So what what does no. he change? I think one thing he needs to change is, is for example, his substitutions. Can you use Ida as an outball? Because we struggle at the back, but you took him off and you left Kyogo on, who's not having the best of times. So can we possibly use Ida as, a, as an outball? Then both come off against Kilmarnock. Yeah. yeah. If, we, if we need to go long, Ida looked good. I don't know why he got subbed. What are we doing? <laughs> what a... What an incredibly broad question this I is, know, but, but, I, but I, I tried to be one, specific, but yeah, I ended up broad. What, what did we? What would we change? Look, the, Brendan Rodgers has had a lot of. He's had a lot of time with this team, but the trouble is, in this in this game of like snakes and ladders, we're all looking at here. All the snakes all lead back to the transfer windows, mm. and we're trying desperately not to talk about that. But I'm, I'm afraid that is the is the core problem because what I would change is. Stop! If, if these players simply cannot deliver what you're asking of them, then you need to change the players. But that involves putting in uh, Mike Navrotsky and Gustav Lagerbjelka. Yeah, that that that's the only change I can think to make. Or it involves playing Awata in midfield, who has who's barely kicked the ball all season. Or it involves playing Paulo Bernardo, who's had three good games all season. Everyone yeah. thought he was wonderful a couple of months ago, including us, and then he's completely disappeared again. So, what do we change apart from personnel? I, th I think w when you're talking about Brendan Rodgers' system, I think, I think it has to be more. I, I can't. I don't think it can be as simple as he has his system and therefore he needs the players to play it. I think. I think that is the case, right? Mm. But I think it's it's. What are we talking about with system? Where are the ideas? What what is it we're identifying by watching these games that the players can't can't deliver upon getting the ball forward quickly enough? Right. We've all said that. Mm. We've all said that even tonight. But we have to provide them with a framework to make that simple for them and to be honest the, the team looks completely disorganised and it does, it looks badly coached and is that as a result or a consequence of them just being completely useless players that's entirely possible mm. we've all we've all explored that fairly extensively tonight but all season now all season we have been avoiding we've been kind of walking up to the line of calling this team boring and dull and with a ill-defined style of play that we can't really see what the what the fault is or what the aim is, and it, it remains the case today. We've tried so many players. I've tried so many different not not so much formations that has only really changed recently. But we've tried so many players in so many different positions that nothing's really worked. So what would I change? Without saying the word everything, yeah, because <laughs> that's not any use either. I don't know. See, I, don't, I can't identify the specifics of it. I, I tend to disagree, Melly, with Stephen a little bit, and but I can understand why Stephen's come to that conclusion. But I think people laugh when Brendan Rodgers says, "Oh well, we've not really changed the way for manage." When I was watching the Kamalnik game, you could quite easily see the fullbacks coming in, receiving the ball, and then they'd move back out to the left. There'd be little triangles of three fullbacks, or maybe one in the mid, the fullback, the winger, maybe a midfielder coming along. Kyogo drops deep; he makes the numbers up on that side. It's a wee, they do the wee triangles, try and work it down. The, the goalkeeper gives it to the centre-halves. They try and play through the thirds. You can kind of see what Celtic are trying to do. And I remember distinctly talking about the Champions League games and we were saying this. You can see what the manager's trying to do, but the minute it goes out to Yang, it fails. Or you can see what the manager's trying to yeah. do. The minute it goes to Bernabe, it fails. And that that's... I'm seeing what the manager's trying to do, but the minute... It, this sounds ridiculous. But the minute the footballers are involved, <laughs> it goes, you know, yeah. neck up or whatever, without using the 
the the boobs board. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call. We got away with that. Tying yourself in a knot. Without using the boobs board. The boobs board. He's <laughs> like the Liam scales of podcasting. There, hey. he gets the ball at the back. Uh, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand where you both of you are coming from because every time, like we spoke about last week and the week before, every time I try and solve a solution, trying to avoid the YouTube another... swear filter there. <laughs> Desperately, <laughs> another problem will crop up. So. For me, I don't think many teams, Celtic, Rangers, whoever, would be able to survive without the full back four mm. out there. Yeah. But the problem being, one of them is one of our back four in Liam Scales because he's played every game and the guys behind him are just simply not playing ahead of him. So I think from now on, Celtic need to hope Alistair Johnston, Cameron Carter-Vickers and Greg Taylor are there for the rest of the season. Personally, I'd put Awata in the number six and have Callum McGregor and Matt O'Reilly ahead of them. It means it's two guys ahead of the the sort of back five that want the ball and mm. can take it on the turn. So I would do that. Out wide, I don't know what you do because I genuinely don't know who I'd play. <laughs> this is pathetic, isn't it? Yeah. It yeah. is pathetic. Uh, but uh, in saying that, the manager, look, I'll... Let, s- let me just ask you something because I, I want to... I, 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 is he responsible for the confidence of the team. One thing we've spoken about is this team look bereft of confidence. Is the manager responsible? Because Liam Scales, should he not feel confident to play? It's not a case of his body fails him and he is unable to play an 18-yard pass forward. He's not confident enough in himself to play that pass. Is that where maybe Brendan's fallen down? Should these players have confidence to know, if I, if I play that pass and I make a mistake, it's fine. I need to I need to be braver. Is, is that... For me, that's one thing I think I can pin on the manager. Yeah. You need to motivate your side. You need to have them. They look bereft of confidence. And I honestly, I think that a lot of that comes from the manager. I've, I've tried with Brendan Rodgers this year. I thought, look, he's trying. I wouldn't wish this Celtic squad genuinely on anyone. I can't, mm. I can't remember it as bad. But within that, what can a manager do? So like that confidence, he's meant to be good at motivating like before, when Brendan Rogers was here, it was all about this guy came in, made everything simple for us. These are the instructions you follow. These, everything should fall into place. It's not. We're getting ourselves into terrible states by looking like we are coached badly. And under Ange, sorry to use the comparison again, but when he first came in, it was lose to Hearts, win 5-0. Lose to Livingston, win 6-0. Lose to Rangers, win 6-0. So you can go... Right, see if we can get somewhere in the middle. We'll win more games than not. We can see what he's trying to do. With this, I can't see what, what's going on here. I don't really know what the, the defined strategy for Celtic is out in the pitch. But the one thing I'm going to really level at him is so he can work on the confidence, he can work on the system. Make Celtic hard to break down then. They're not make Celtic hard to play through. They're simply not. All it takes is one or two passes. But the main thing for me is... Too many times this season I have sat here and said that player's not given 100% and it's not always the same player. That is on the manager. There is no way you can go out at Celtic and not set the standards of if you don't meet these, you won't play again. Yet I've seen Turnbull play. I've seen Liam Scales play. Mikey Johnson, James Forrest, Dyson Maeda, Hyde, Hayden Palmer getting subbed. How, has he ever completed 90 minutes for Celtic? I thought uh, Maeda was hiding at the weekend. Couldn't come in on and not tracking back Yang doing the same thing every time he comes on Burnaby Ralston whoever it is all these players I can 
level at people that I don't think they are running to the maximum for them. Mm. And that is on the manager because all of this stuff is the culture of the club. Ange created a culture where you never stop. And if you do, you simply won't play. And that is a standard you have to meet. With this standards and the culture at the club right now, See, this is, mediocrity is rewarded. There's no is, consequences. This is the point I'm trying to make, Stephen. We could discuss this all day and all night, right? And we don't have oh, to. Do have to. We, we don't have <laughs> to talk about Ange because Brendan Rodgers, before Ange, Brendan Rodgers set the standard. Yeah, yeah. Brendan Rodgers set an equal or higher standard than Ange achieved because Brendan Rodgers won invincible drought. He won everything there was to win the whole time he was here. That is relentless pursuit of success at Celtic. So you don't need to say, Ange did this, Brendan, you're not doing that. All you need to say to Brendan Rodgers is, Brendan, look what you did. Look, yeah. this is, in many ways, Brendan Rodgers created what Celtic is today, that relentless winning machine. That And it's, and I don't think Brendan Rodgers is a different manager. Look, there are people out there going, now going, maybe Brendan, maybe this is it. Maybe Brendan Rogers is a busted flush. And if you want to believe that, that's fine. I don't believe it. I, I simply don't believe it. I don't think there's enough evidence there to suggest that. I, I think there's, I don't know if any manager would be doing better with these players at Celtic. I, I, I we can't remember. We can't yeah. know it. I can't remember seeing if Celtic by some miracle win this league, this will be the worst Celtic team that's ever beat Rangers to the league, I think, honestly. And it'll be, frankly, it'll be because Rangers have collapsed yeah. worse than Celtic have. Because it's 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 too difficult to say Brendan Rodgers is busted when this is the standard of players, shamefully, that the guy's been given. That's an SPFL select. That's not a Celtic team. Just because they're running about in hoops doesn't make a Celtic team. So I'm not, for that reason, prepared to say that Brendan Rodgers is a busted flush. I believe in the manager. I back the manager. And I think given the right tools to do the job, he can make Celtic as successful as he has done in the past. I believe that. But right now, the team lack confidence and that's up to him. The substitutions just now are confusing and that's really, really up to him. And I know his options are limited, but it's that it's kind of tough boob words. That's what you've got here. <laughs> that's what you've got. That's, <laughs> that's what you've Stop saying boobs. Uh, that's what he's got to, that's what he's got to work with. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you there because we can't know. At this juncture, we cannot know what's properly going on. Maybe things will become clear mm. in the future. But I think while I can't really necessarily disagree on the lack of evidence that he's a busted flush, I think that is literally a lack of evidence rather than evidence to the contrary. Mm. I don't think we've seen anything from Brendan Rodgers this season that suggests he is a dynamic, still as driven and well as successful a manager as he once was. There's no doubt about it. If Brendan Rodgers wasn't Brendan Rodgers, yeah. he, there'd be talk of uh, shipping them out at the end of the season. Yeah. I don't think there'd be people wanting him definitely sacked, but there'd be talk of shipping them out at the end of the season. I think so. I, th I think he, he carries... It, it's not... Uh, it's for obvious reasons but his name still carries a little bit of sort of cachet he's still Aye. still a relatively big name so I think I think there's an element that we maybe can't see past that we we just think well he's Brendan Rodgers so obviously he's still got something about him That my issue with that would be that we just haven't really seen anything from mm -hmm. him this season but I do apply the tax that the players just simply are not good enough one thing on I'll, I will say on the confidence thing I think when we, we, we talk about things like that and we talk about motivation we just imagine just saying phrases at players to make yeah. them feel like they're brilliant, right? I think there's Putting probably any given Sunday yeah. or <laughs> yeah. Rocky. Yeah, like <laughs> Facebook memes and stuff like yeah. that where Peaky, Peaky Blinders, Blinders, Peaky Blinders yeah. memes where you're, you're 
lines don't concern themselves. <laughs> <laughs> the opinions are sheep. So yeah, it's like, it's like a PowerPoint presentation of Brendan Rodgers just, you know, that's you. Which ironically is one of the most Brendan mean things that you could <laughs> yeah. ever manage him yeah. doing. You know? oh, well, we are talking about the confidence. People imagine that. But I think we, we'd probably just say, we'd just see him going in the changing room saying, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. And then start like a, <laughs> a sing-along. I, I think it's more to it than that. And I think that's the point I was trying to make with this the, the system thing why are the players dwelling on the ball so much at the back why and why is the midfield not shown for it why is this team static mm. why does it not move for each other anymore so that is where the the manager should be able to bring confidence to the team not just by shouting slogans at them by making the, their jobs clear for them in the park if they can't deliver it then find that they were in trouble but the a common complaint with the, his Leicester team was that they played a bit like this. It was, mm -hmm. They were a bit static on the pitch. They didn't move through the midfield quickly enough. So we've got that guy who's come from Leicester doing that and we've now got him doing it at Celtic and we're sort of like, well, that, that can't be right because he's Brendan Rodgers, he's won trebles and all that. We, well, we're ignoring that kind of yeah, that, that I, evidence. I read a thing on The Athletic about, it was like an in-depth about why Brendan failed at Leicester. It, was all, it, was, it wasn't really... Solely pinning the blame at Brendan Rodgers that actually had covered everything from yeah. the lack of investment and the players and, and how he started to lose the dressing room a little bit. But one of the things that really stuck out to me was how Brent and, and manage football managers manage in all sorts of different ways. And Ange is as much of a systems guy as Brendan Rodgers. We saw that with Ange. Yeah, yeah, Ange yeah. arrived with a system and brute forced it through the Celtic team and brute forced it. Now it's looking through the board and the recruitment and went, this is what I need from players if I want to play this way. Shut it, wee man. This is how you win trophies. Get me the players. You sign the checks. That was kind of the yeah. Ange approach. But one of the things in this article was talking about, Brendan was saying he's a systems guy, but when the system doesn't work or he doesn't get the players to fit the system, he's not very adaptable. Now, that did ring alarm bells with me, but I I'm willing to excuse that a little bit because this is Brendan's first season. So he has arrived saying, this is how I intend to win the treble with Celtic and do all these things we want to do you must get me the players to do it. And that second bit hasn't fallen in place. And that's no. if, if 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 things started to change over the course of like year two or year three and it started to fail and Brendan was stuck to this system, but football had moved on and things had moved on and, and, he, and his players had aged out of it and he was still trying to have the players that couldn't. Do. But my point is the whole premise of a football manager when he arrives at a club is he says, here's how I intend to play and to do it, I'll need these players. And the club have not fulfilled their side of the bargain as far as I'm concerned. No, and we see that. Like two players from 11 that signed over this season started at the weekend. So we're left mm. going back to the guy. We're going back to the well from guys that were here previously. And even then, we've lost great players uh, throughout the season. But Brendan Rodgers, I, I do think he's adaptable. When he first came to Celtic, he's seen how Mikel Lustig was and he adapted his style of play to suit the players were there so I think he can do that but like you say like we've talked about all season every single manager that comes in pretty much in my lifetime their first window has always been yeah. the best and this By was the worst way. and every time Celtic have a bad result the fury doesn't automatically turn to Brendan Rodgers it goes beyond that and that shows where we are but I do think the manager has to be has to be giving us more than this but then I look at the out in the pitch and go, really? Am I expecting more out of these guys? Am I expecting 
Kun Yang and O to get as a second goal. I, I simply am not I want to see more for Brendan. I said that last week. Um, I want. I think the fans need something to get behind right now. And but after every press conference, I do like mm. he's won last week. Like what he said after the game on Saturday. I want to see more. I want to turn it up a wee bit. I think he, I agreed he's, with he's it very all, honest, but yeah. And then when we go out in the pitch, all it takes is one thing to spook this team, and that's it. That, that's They're the, just soft. That's the difference between Brendan Rodgers now and other Celtic managers. And this is why I'm I believe in the manager because. As you see, when he comes out after the game and says, no, good enough, too slow, I'm, I'm saying, you, this is exactly what I think. You, w- what The failings I've just watched from the stand, you're saying the same thing. So to me, it's clear they're not doing what you want. And the natural reaction to that, Stephen, is pick other players. But the problem I've got is the players are not good <laughs> I enough. I just get more of the and, same. And, it's, and yeah. we went from snakes and ladders to fucking whack-a-mole here. <laughs> yeah. Remember, uh, remember <laughs> you used to say Neil Lennon could build a team out of brick a bit? He's building a team out of plaster scene, isn't he? Yeah, Play-Doh, yeah. man. It's just terrible to watch. And, but what I will say against that is, is like Celtic were, they weren't chasing a second goal. So for me, if you were going to make substitutions, I'd have left Ida on because he was an out ball. He was up there. Uh, but oh, just on that, I did get a wee glimpse of ben- Brendan in that game. There was a injury or something. The game stopped anyway. And he's told Ida and Kyogo to swap around. So Kyogo was the furthest forward. And a minute or two later, he's at the back post and scores. And mm. That's the Brendan I'm looking for. But then later on in the game, he takes off players and he leaves a left-hand side of Bernabe and Yang. We, we're only 1-0 up here at yeah. Celtic Park. that And we're struggling. This team is struggling. Bring on players to make a difference. I think Bernardo coming on, for me, it should have been a water. Shore it up in there and get control of the game. That's what Bernardo was brought on for. But doesn't he really do that he's all over the place and he should have buried the game as well um, and I'm not going to Celtic have been poor at finishing this year but I'm not looking at that game thinking there was that chance and then there was that chance there was one Bernardo chance mm. there wasn't much else after yeah, that yeah we're hardly peppering the goal why was so bad in the second half as well yeah. no, I'm being largely rhetorical here but it's Great been a, like him off. yeah well there is that but it's been a pattern for yeah. ages now the, the second half against Hibs was terrible the second half against Aberdeen was terrible Ross County absolutely abysmal the second half Ross so, getting nervous there. yeah well that's it so why why are we capable of playing some pretty decent stuff I thought the first half against Kilmarnock was actually quite good yeah. I was quite satisfied at half time but I'm now at the point where I've got such little faith in this team the faith is gone. I've lost the faith, right? You're not keeping the faith. No, keeping the hail. You're not keeping the hail. You're not even keeping the hail. The hail is gone. But no, I've got I've such, lost a man. <laughs> R.I.P. Man and, down. Uh, I've got such little faith that this team can get the job done now that I'm, I'm looking at every game and see if we're not out of sight at half time. We're, we're not going to win the game. That's what the players are doing. Yeah, yeah. That's, what the, that's why it looks so crap because and the players are like, we're only 1 0 up here. Anything could happen in the next 30 minutes. Yeah, and we've got such hard games coming up. I'm dreading Tynecastle because the way Celtic are playing, Celtic could easily go to Tynecastle and get a doing, like a proper season ending. We, we could be coming back after that podcast and saying, no, it's done. Everybody needs to Unless go. Unless CCB comes back. Yeah, that, that's possible. But even at that, he's been involved in some really bad results mm. for, for Celtic this season, which is why. I've been very reluctant to do the this guy's missing so when once he comes back it's going to be different it's it's different when there are multiple players missing especially from the back four but we've done that all season Dyson and Abada were going to come back and fix everything I think all, a few weeks ago Hatati is another one but Carter Vickers was, was in the team when Hearts beat us at Celtic Park so it goes way way beyond individual players at I this think point they, but I think you're right but I think there's two critical and key differences with Hatati and Carter Vickers in particular, I know this is a very long podcast, but Carter Vickers is kind of press resistant. Yeah. So see if you've got Carter Vickers on the pitch against Kelly, 
Derek McInnes came out and says, ah, we let the players we wanted have the ball have the ball. Like, even he knows we'll just let them have the ball because yeah. they're crap. We'll press them when their backs to go. He can't really do that, Carter Vickers. He just shrugs you off no. and steps forward. And if and Scales I- has got Taylor one side and Carter Vickers the other, then it's all right because he can give them to them. But when he has Burnaby and Welsh either side, Disaster. It's also part of the problem, and at the, crucially, another thing with Hatati is he's one of the only players who can take it under lots of pressure. Yes, but Cal McGregor, Hatati can take it on the half turn, yeah. and Cal McGregor can't. Nah, so I disagree you, with that. You don't think Hatati can take the ball on the half turn? I don't think. I think McGregor can take it. On I the don't half-turn. think he can. Yeah. I thought. I thought they kept him real. I thought Kamant did a great job keeping him with his back to goal. Aye, because they, all they need to do is create a box around him, and then it. It means it goes back to the centre halves. Doesn't mean he can't take the ball in the turn. If, if he's got two players on him, where can he go? But I don't think I think Hatati's better at that. I think he takes the ball, turns the whole pitch is open, and he throws a pass out. I don't ever see Callum McGregor doing that. I, a, I see him taking him at the feet and turning on the ball, but I don't see him doing that thing that I think opens up the whole pitch in a in one touch and turn that Hatati can do. I'm, 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 I'm happy to be proved wrong, but in my mind, when I'm picturing the difference between Hatati and McGregor, I'm seeing Hatati take the ball and turn, and immediately the whole pitch is in front of him, and he's playing difficult balls and he's trying difficult things. I don't see Cal McGregor particularly doing that type of that type of play, and I think that really, really gets you out of bother and it creates things. And I think those two players coming back would make a big difference for Celtic problem is they fucking like anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes it is and on that we shall wrap up thank you so much for watching patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims if you want to follow Celtic's journey to the end of the season and potentially wrap up a double oh, very exciting <laughs> uh, thank you so much for watching thank you for listening and we'll be back next week 